0: Well, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Mayflower, where we believe faith is a journey. God is good, Jesus saves, and the Spirit leads us toward faith, hope, and love as we honor the dignity of all God's children. We're so excited you're here with us to worship, whether you're here in the sanctuary or joining us via live stream. We're thrilled you're here. We also love to know who's here. So if you're on the aisle and you can find that friendship register or... For our virtual friends, there's an e-register. We'd love to know who's gathered with us in worship. Also, there are prayer cards in the pew racks. Hopefully this is becoming very common knowledge to everyone that we will pray for you this morning or add you to our weekly prayer list. If you do not receive that weekly email and you want to to pray for each other throughout the week, contact the church office and we'll get you on that list. While confirmation Continues today, we have 10 eighth graders. Maybe you saw some of you confirmants. Raise your hand. There they are. Hello. Um, you probably saw some of them um, greeting and ushering, and you'll see them around for the next several Sundays serving in various capacities. So um, please pray for them on their journey of confirmation. Also today, this is super exciting. We have a new member class in the library after Sunday worship. So I hope you are encouraged to know that we have a new member class and the church is growing. There are so many things happening around here that apparently last week Rachel Cooley said she was going to take a tally of how many people were in the building with various activities. Do you remember that? Did she say that last week? Yes. Well, the tally this week of people in and out of the building with various activities was 646 people. Isn't that great? We have a lot of things happening. So between the services, which now includes, I hope you are aware, Wednesday night at 530, we have a more casual worship service in the chapel that we've added. So between worship services and Bible studies and, oh my goodness, midweek, preschool, all kinds of gatherings that, happen, that are happening, that 646 number is pretty fantastic. So there's a lot going on, and I hope you have your bulletin and you can read up on some of those things. Uh, There's also an opportunity for you to serve here in a unique way through council committees and some of the various leadership opportunities. So Greg Rhodes is here to tell you all about it.
1: Thank you, Ruth. Good to see you all. Patty, nice to see you. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: Usually I'm the one that's late. Good morning. I'm Greg Rhodes, member of the Mayflower Nominating Committee with Susan Jones, Jan Huff, Jim Muirs and David Baker. I think he's back there as an usher this morning. Hi, David. Um, our committee role is to identify, recruit, encourage, and nominate, or draft, if we have to, um, folks to serve willingly to step forward and serve as lay leaders for the coming year. And we could use your participation. Many of you know, don't know me, but some that you do know that um, that's kind of an odd shirt, usually white shirt, something like that. And I'm wearing orange for you here this morning and those remotely, virtually. Uh, so let's just say that I grew up in Cincinnati. And uh, I, I think there's a game tonight. And I could have sworn in, in, uh, Ruth, in your conversation earlier, you said something super exciting. That was nice. So you squeezed that in for the, tonight's game. Um, the last time the Bengals, I won't say my Bengals, the last time the Bengals won or were in the Super Bowl was Super Bowl 23. And this evening is Super Bowl 56. So you can do the math. Perhaps you've already entered an office pool uh, or with your family or friends to wager on the outcome of tonight's game. Well, here's a sure bet that you can win immediately. Nominate yourself or others for counsel and our many relevant church committees. There's something for everyone. Most of the terms are for three years starting this summer. And uh, you remember summer, I'm not quite sure, but you remember summer, it's when it's it's a little warmer and there's road construction going on. But a list of the council and the committees are in the church website and you just click about and then click leadership. And we'll also publish the committee list in an upcoming church newsletter. There's a nomination form on the website or you may simply call the church office with your nominations or contact the moderator uh, nominating Chair Susan Jones. Your nominations are welcome at any time, but to help us most, it would be wonderful to receive them by the end of this month, by the end of February. Valentine's Day would be good too. Your support in identifying potential church leaders is vital to our nominating work and to our church's future. I want to thank you in advance for considering who you would like to see leading Mayflower's planning, policy making, and programming in the years to come. Thank you.
3: Today's music honors and praises God and his creative powers. Uh, From the piano prelude, which is evocative of the beauty of evening, to uh, the anthem uh, that the adults are singing, and the postlude, which are all based on Psalm 19, the heavens are telling the glory of God in the firmament, and joyful, joyful, which is our opening hymn. And there is an insert, our closing hymn, that's not in our hymnal that was picked because it nudges us beyond simply praising God as creator who is still creating, but poses some interesting questions. So Catherine Cameron wrote this in the 1960s, and what's most poignant about her text is the difference between What she's saying in stanza one and then where she goes with stanzas two and three. So while in the first verse, she celebrates humanity's inventive powers that come as a result of being made in God's likeness. And then she moves to contrast the purposeful move into space with the void of life in modern cities where lonely people are often lost to purpose and meaning, scarcely caring where they go. And then verse 3, written in the height of the Cold War, contrasts the ecstasy of winging through untraveled realms of space with the earthbound reality of the power of the atom, which provides us with the choice of life's destruction or our utmost triumphant hour. And she ends appropriately with the prayer, Great Creator, give us guidance till our goals and yours are one.
0: Please listen this morning to our call to worship, adapted from Psalm 25. To you, O Lord, we lift up our souls. O our God, in you we trust. Do not let us be put to shame. Do not let our enemies exalt over us. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make us to know your ways, O Lord, and teach us your paths. Lead us in your truth and teach us, for you are the God of our salvation. For you we wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Come, let us worship the God of steadfast love. In the prayerful words of the psalmist, good and upright are you, Lord, you instruct sinners in the way, you lead the humble in what is right, and you teach the humble your way. All the paths of you, Lord, are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep your covenant and your decrees. O Lord, be with us. Teach us your way. May your love and faithfulness abound to us. Amen. Good morning. We are a small but mighty group this morning and we are going to sing through our song twice and then on the third time we would love to have all of you join us. Well, it's time for the children's message. Can I have all the children come forward, please? We have a very special treat, everybody. Sarah Burton is here with us this morning. Come on, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah is a gift to Mayflower. She is a ministry major at Cornerstone University. And this fall, September, right? September, she came to us and asked if she could be our intern. And it has been an enormous blessing to have her with us Wednesday nights at Midweek, Sunday nights at Youth Group, Tuesdays in our staff meetings. She's learning all about ministry, running a church, and getting to know many of you, and especially your kids. So Sarah gave her testimony at a service at Cornerstone, but this is her first sermon. (laughs) So she's very excited, so I know you're going to encourage her. So kids, you're going to hear from Sarah.
4: Hello, I am so excited to be here. So, the children's message today is about gifts. So, today I brought a gift. We all have gifts, and obviously it's Valentine's Day soon. So, here's my gift. And yeah, tomorrow is. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, the gifts today are inside of us. So, what's in mine? But you probably have a bunch of gifts too. I have a gift of sharing, giving to others, a gift of kindness, the gift of creativity. You guys are also talented, the gift of courage, and the gift of teamwork. So these are some gifts that you guys all might have, and they're all so special and unique. And you might have one of these gifts. But you shouldn't try to steal somebody else's gift because God gave you this gift and it's so special. So I'm going to pray for you guys that you can use these gifts in the future for God's glory. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these gifts that you've given these children. Thank you that they can use them for your glory to share to others the love that you have for them. Thank you that they're here, willing to worship and glorify you. Amen.
0: Okay, for dismissal choir, you guys can go first. And then anybody in first, second, third, fourth grade, or older, you can be dismissed now. Go with your teachers. And then do I have some four- and five-year-olds? Okay, you guys can go next. Have a great time.
2: Okay.
5: Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25, page 800 in the Pew Bulletin, or the Pew Bible. <laughs> I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, for the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed.
6: In these opening weeks of 2022, we've been looking at the theme in our worship of a new you in 22 and began with uh, Annie Pippany, Jonathan White, speaking about the new you and then the new creation from Genesis 1 and then Ruth sharing with us the new formation being formed, transformed in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And then a new calling that is to repent and to believe and to follow Jesus Christ. A new love as we looked at the Good Samaritan. A new definition of what neighbor is and how love is to be lived out in the world. And then last week, a new hope. A living hope that we have through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And today we're going to look at um, the idea of a new forever. Which brings us to the thought of Eternity. Now, eternity, obviously, is an exhaustless subject. There is no limit, no boundary, there is absolutely no end. It kind of boggles the mind. Now, I know you are not looking for an eternal sermon today. So with limited time and the limited mind of a limited preacher, I want to talk to you about our unlimited, boundless, all glorious future. What do you think of when you hear the word apocalypse? Most people think of fire, destruction, annihilation, nothing left but ashes, rot, and death. And I know that there are some biblical passages that lead interpreters to uh, look at that as a description of of the end of time. The old, what we know and can see is just completely destroyed in the fire of judgment and death. But in the passage that Samantha just read for us in Romans 8, Paul and biblical authors throughout Scripture are taking a different view. All things are made new, yes, but not via destruction via transformation. And that really has been our theme in all these weeks, the transforming nature of God and His plan and purpose for us. It is more like a caterpillar passes away and a butterfly is born. Or a tadpole is gone and a frog appears. Or, and you might glance at the cover of the bulletin, A forest fire destroys, as we've in these last years read and heard, of thousands of acres being destroyed by fire in California. But you can still stand there on those acres. They still exist. And if you wait, a miraculous new form of life will be growing out of what seemed like destruction, transformation. New birth. The biblical view of forever, the end of the age, is not putting the world as we know it out of existence, but it's wiping out all that is evil and destructive and cleansing it so that a new age may be born an age of glory and peace. That is eternity that will never end. So in this text in Romans 8, four statements are made that point to the forever nature of a restored creation. In that 18th verse, Paul begins by saying, and this is is quite a statement when you think about it as you look at Paul's life. I consider the sufferings of this present time. Do you ever feel like you suffer? Yeah, you know we, we all do. That's a part of life isn't it? But Paul says you know they're nothing. They're not worth comparing. To the glory that will be revealed in us. Read Paul's letters. Read the book of Acts. And see the suffering that he endured. From stoned and left the dead. To shipwrecked on the high seas. And so much more. But he says you know. That can't begin to compare to the glory and wonder and majesty of what awaits. Pain and suffering in this world is enormous. And we should not make light of it. At times it's so great that we're tempted to close our minds to it. But it's nothing compared to the glory to be revealed in us. So in verse 19, he says, The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. That is anticipation, not despair. I think most of us, when we think of eager expectation, we think of little ones on Christmas morning. Oh, the glory of it. The wide-eyed excitement. Something great is going to happen. You just can't wait. Paul says, that's creation. Waiting for something that's going to happen in us. For the creation, he says in verse 20, was subject to frustration. I mean, it was good. God said it was good. But that creation was marred. And it is not all it could be or was created to be, but someday it will be. It waits for fulfillment. We know what it's like to long for fulfillment. One of my favorite authors is Ruth Haley Barton. And in one of her books, she says this. Your desire for more of God than you have right now, your longing for love, your need for deeper levels of spiritual transformation than you have experienced so far, that is the truest thing about you. You might think that your woundedness or your sinfulness is the truest thing about you. Or that your giftedness or your personality type or your job title or your identity as a wife or husband a father or mother somehow defines you. But in reality, it is your desire for God and your capacity to reach for more of God than you have right now, that is the deepest essence of who you are. I like that statement. God will fulfill that. It is anticipation, not despair. If we could hear creation speaking, it is not cursing its fate, a fate of destruction. It's not. But praising God on tiptoe for what awaits. Now, as was mentioned a few minutes ago, people in Los Angeles and Cincinnati are waiting on tiptoe today, hoping I'm rooting for the Bengals. One will realize it, and the other will have to go on longing, waiting, anticipating. But that is the nature of creation. Then secondly, in verse 21, Paul says, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Last week, if you were here, we talked about that living hope that we have because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that hope that we have is beyond the realm of change and decay. Nothing can tarnish it. Um, But now we live in a bondage to decay. And it's frustrating, isn't it? Because everything around us wears out, including us. Years ago, I remember, um, shame on me, but I inwardly laughed, and maybe a little bit outwardly, at my parents when they were with friends who were up in years And the subject was always the decay of their body, you know, the aches and pains and the surgeries and the like. But guess what I talk about nowadays when I'm with old friends? (laughs) Decay. But here is a picture of liberation, liberated from that bondage, not annihilation, liberation. Creation set free from its bondage to decay. And then in verse 22, Paul says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Now, men can't fully appreciate this, but the picture here is like a mother in labor, groaning in great expectation." But it's a picture of birth, not death. Sometimes the groaning is expectation of wonder, and it's just expressionless when that child pops out. And sometimes in this life, the groaning is in great pain. Have you ever found yourself responding to life, with just a groan. Fred Craddock, who died in the year 2015, was a great preacher of this last generation. He tells the story of a newspaper columnist whose articles he and his wife loved to read in the time that they lived in Kingfisher, Oklahoma. I wonder if anybody's ever been to Kingfisher, Oklahoma. But that's where the Craddocks lived. the uh, The writer was named Molly Shepard. And Miss Shepard was a Native American, northern Cheyenne. And she wrote about her life and the lives of those in her community. Her columns were published in the Kingfisher Free Press in the 1950s and 1960s. Now, English was Molly's second language. So her columns were more colloquial than grammatically correct. But she had such a gift with words that the columns often resembled a poetry of sorts. She would write about tribal customs and songs and funerals and community events and giveaways and the like. And her columns were funny. They were touching. They were educational. They were just plain real life. But one column, one column etched itself forever in the Craddock's memory. It was published on November 27, 1963, just days following the assassination of President John Kennedy. This particular column was the shortest one that Molly had ever written. This is what it said. Molly has no words for you today. Molly has nothing to write today. Molly has no words today. Molly goes through the house all day saying, Oh. All Molly could do was groan. Oh. Have you ever found yourself groaning, because there just aren't words. The death of the president, 9-11. Maybe for some yesterday, all you could do was just groan. In Romans 8, expressionless groaning is in great expectation of a new birth. It's birth, not death. So in this passage, there is anticipation, not despair. Liberation, not annihilation. Birth, not death. And then finally, in verse 23, not only so, but we ourselves have the first fruits of the Spirit. We who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly, As we await eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. It is redemption, not destruction, that awaits. These old bodies are groaning, not to be annihilated and destroyed, but transformed and reborn and redeemed. The God who radically restores creation, purging, cleansing, freeing, will radically and completely redeem human life. So that in another passage in 1 Corinthians, Paul can write about the forever. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has the human heart ever conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Our life in Christ is forever and ever. That's Eternity. Anticipation. Wide-eyed. Not despair. Liberation. Not annihilation. Birth. Not death. Redemption. Not destruction. That's a great forever. Amen.
0: Whether you give here in person, online, or via text, your gifts are a huge blessing to us here at Mayflower in continuing our ministry. So momentarily, the ushers will come forward to receive the offering. Holy Lord, thank you for your provision and for your grace. May we, in turn, use what you have given us to be a blessing to all those we encounter. And may you be glorified. Amen. So before you sit down, we're going to do a social distanced passing of the peace. Wave at your neighbor. And back at the camera, wave at our folks that are virtual. Some of you have asked how many are out there in virtual world joining us. We don't know exactly, but we can gauge how many unique IP addresses log in to join us for our service, and it's anywhere from 60 to 110. So that could represent one person, could represent a whole family, do the math. That's a lot of people. So we want you to feel included in our worship service. So thank you. You may be seated. We're doing the best we can, aren't we? Trying to stay connected and pass the peace and do all the things with social distancing in mind and being careful, all that good stuff. So we're going to have our congregational prayer here in just a minute. Thank you for filling in prayer cards and for being a part of this so we can all pray together for each other uh, this morning and throughout the week. So let's join our hearts together in prayer. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you that we can gather in this physical space, in this virtual space, and be filled with your grace and your mercy. We acknowledge that you are the author and creator of life, the one who forms us, redeems us, restores us. It is such an honor and privilege to be your children. We're thankful today that your way is not destruction, your way is not despair, but your way is new birth and steadfast love. We have so much to be grateful for, and this morning... We're especially grateful for a new granddaughter for the Blairs, a new niece for Rachel Haddad. Many, many months ago, we prayed for this baby and this pregnancy, and so we can now celebrate this new birth. And, Lord, we acknowledge there's been all kinds of new births and birthdays and anniversaries this week. We thank you for these celebrations. We thank you for new jobs and new homes. We thank you for new insight and new perspective. We thank you for healing, for working on wake walking with us through grief and waking us up to the things that we needed to be alert for. So we thank you for all things new. We pray for our world and we pray for its healing. Oh, Lord, it desperately needs it. This created earth as well as all of those who walk upon it. We pray for peace. We pray for hope. We pray for joy. We pray for our capacity to desire you to grow and to define us. We lift up those in our community who need prayer, many of whom are just now groaning. and They don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We pray that you provide that. We pray for Lenore Stanley, who is fighting cancer. We pray for all those who are fighting cancer, some of whom are in this room right now. Oh, Lord, we pray for your hand of healing. May it just fall fresh on those who are suffering. We pray for you to dispel fear and fill that with the hope and promise of you. Lord, we pray for Shirley Mayer as she's healing after a terrible car accident. We pray for you to restore her body. Give her a new spirit of hope and peace and comfort. And Lord, this morning we pray for the pastoral search and for the candidate that's been identified. May we wait with eager expectation for what is to come, and may you be in the middle of this whole process and bring the right person to this wonderful place for this next chapter in Mayflower's future. And now, Lord, in response to all these praises and petitions, we will sing, hear our prayer, O Lord, hear our prayers. Thank you that we have a prayer that you taught, that we can now all pray together in one voice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation.
6: I invite you to turn back one page in your order of service. And under the homily, I want to read a statement that I just think is the best that I've ever read about this forever, about eternity. Uh, I asked it to be in the bulletin thinking some of you might like to take it home and just ponder it. It's worth that. Dallas Willard writes, our destiny. Are forever, is to join a tremendously creative team effort. That's all the saints who have ever lived. Under unimaginably splendid leadership, God creator, God redeemer, God the indwelling spirit, that's great leadership. On an inconceivably vast plane of activity, that's the created universe with ever more comprehensive cycles of productivity and enjoyment. It just gets bigger and better and better forever. So, praise be to God. May He go with you as you go into your sphere of influence, into that part of the world that He has called you to, and may you serve Him with love and joy. In Jesus' name. Amen.